You're listening to Talking Smart, the official podcast of the International Association of Sheet Metal, Air, Rail, and Transportation Workers. Your source for news, guests, and discussions of interest to smart members and working families across the United States and Canada. This is Jason Biesel, Financial Secretary Treasurer and Assistant General Chairperson of General Committee 2 of SMART's Sheet Metal, Rail, and Mechanical Engineering Department. This episode, we're talking about the Belonging and Excellence for All project, also known as b for all As a joint effort of SMART, Union Contractors and SMACNA, and the International Training Institute, the project works to ensure that all members feel welcome and have access to all the opportunities that come with being a union member. In short, b for all is a bold, long-term effort to transform the unionized sheet metal industry by creating workplace and business environments that are welcoming and fostering belonging for all workers and contractors. We have a returning special guest host this episode, Dushal Hockett, founder and executive director of Safe Places for the Advancement of Community and Equity, Spaces, a Washington, D.C.-based organization that is working with SMART and SMACNA to move forward with the b for all project. At the SMART Leadership Conference in Washington, D.C. in July 2023, Hockett sat down with SMART General President Michael Coleman and SMACNA President Anthony Kosurek to discuss how both organizations are working to build a thriving industry where everyone is treated with dignity and respect and everyone feels welcome. Throughout the discussion, GP Coleman and Kosurek emphasize how the b for all effort is central to recruitment and retention efforts by SMART and SMACNA, especially as we work to meet unprecedented sheet metal staffing needs on mega projects across the United States and Canada. We have some projects that the workforce for that project alone exceeds the amount of members we have in an entire local. We cannot apprentice our way out of this problem. The numbers don't line up. So we have to get outside our comfort zone and we have to look at all kinds of different ways to bring in a workforce that's not the traditional way we did that. And we need to be welcoming when we do this. G.P. Coleman noted that at its core, b for all is really about treating others the way you would like to be treated. Treat people with respect, be welcoming to newcomers, be a decent human being. We all have been in that space where we have walked in somewhere where we've been less than welcome or we're the outsider for whatever reason. And so I would say to all the members, you've been there. I know you've been there at some point in your life. And remember that moment. You know, is that really what you want for the people around you? And truly, is it just that hard to be a decent human being? Kosurik, who is also the owner of Energy Balance and Integration LLC in Albuquerque, New Mexico, echoed that sentiment. Really, if you look at it from a simple perspective, just have respect and do your job and let somebody else do their job. Just make it an easy, simple place to be. It's not that hard. So, hello, hello, hello. Uh, want to welcome you to a special episode of Talking Smart. My name is Ashaa Hockett. I'm your host for this special Be For All session. And want to welcome you to this special episode. Uh, we're joining you from Washington, D.C. on one of the hottest days uh, in D.C. history. And we're here for, for one of the hottest events um, that's happening in D.C. right now. We're here for Smart's uh, 2023 Annual Leadership Conference, and I am joined by two amazing leaders in our industry. First up is uh, Michael, a.k.a. Mike Coleman. Uh, a lot of people know Mike Coleman. Mike Coleman is incoming general president for SMART. 
Mike got his start in 1985 as an apprentice with Local 65 that later merged with uh, Local 33. And if I'm right, Mike, you have held every position that one can possibly hold uh, within SMART. Would that be accurate? That's pretty accurate, yes. I, I'm sure there's a couple out there that I haven't held, but um, I've held most of them. Yeah, yeah. And so just just great to have you. Thank you. Uh, General President Coleman. And then uh, we're also pleased to, to have joining us Anthony, a.k.a. Tony uh, Kosarek. Uh, many people know Tony. Tony is a board president for SMACNA, uh, the Sheet Metal and Air Conditioning Contractors National Association Tony is also the owner of Energy Balance and Integration, hailing from Albuquerque, New Mexico. And Tony got his start in 1982 as an apprentice with Energy and Balance. And so again, just wanna welcome both of our guests. And we just wanna, we wanna jump right into things. Um, so Mike, you got to start in 85. Tony, you got to start in the industry in 82. That's approaching 40 years for both of you, a combined total of 80 years for both of you. Does it land differently if I say 80 years versus eight decades? Which, which one do you like most? Yeah, that's a big number, no matter how you cut it. It is a big number. And I guess before we talk about the belonging and excellence for all initiative, I know that it's rare that we have an opportunity to have two industry leaders in a room like this and so just want to want to start the conversation off with the question about, you know, when you reflect on your time in the industry, can you share a little bit about what brought you into this industry? What's the story about how you entered the industry? And more important than that, what keeps you here? What brought you into the industry? What keeps you here? And Mike, why don't I direct the question to you first? Sure. So what brought me into the industry, it's not a really deep story. I was a young man. I was actually 19 when I got into the trade, Local 65, as an apprentice. But even though I was young, I was floundering and really didn't have a sense of direction. And somebody had suggested that I take this test called the sheet metal test. I said, well, what? I don't even know what that is. And they said, well, you know, it's HVAC work and really just a broad uh, description of it. So I just went and took the test. That is how my career got started. I was accepted into the apprenticeship, but I did realize from the very first day I started on the job site that I can't believe the decision that I made. I can't believe that this is my job. I loved every second of it from the very moment I started. That's the long and short of it. You know, that that, that really resonates with me. I was, I was floundering uh, and then when I made it in, I couldn't believe that this was my job and I love every single second of it. Every single second. I'm a big fan of, of lifting up uh, people who, who mentor and sponsor us. Would you, would you happen to remember the name of the person who uh, sort of first directed you to the industry? Yes, uh, Bob Haynes. He was a member. I uh, had been a member for probably about 20 years. And he said, I think you would really like this. And he was right. But then I had many mentors along the way because my father passed shortly after getting into the apprenticeship. And I was still a young man, still finding my way. And it was amazing how many mentors came forward to help me, to guide me, not only in my sheet metal career, but in, in my personal life as well. Yeah, yeah. 
Yeah, those those special people who who see things in us that we don't see in ourselves at the time. Mm -hmm. Yeah. No, so thank you, uh, Tony. What about you? Well, I actually um, got started just a little bit earlier than '82. I got started back in '77 uh, or so, mm -hmm. working when I was in high school. Mm -hmm. You know, trying to make a little money to pay for that gas for the hot rod. You know, mm -hmm. um, my stepfather was part owner of a sheet metal company at the time, and um, he thought it'd be a good thing for me to do during the summers. I didn't really give it much thought, but he was smart enough to know that he didn't want me working for him. And so, <laughs> so he had um, uh, been instrumental in starting a testing and balancing company there in Albuquerque. Uh, Alan Weitzel was the owner. And so I got to work summers with him. And so uh, when I was in high school for two years, I worked during the summers for him. and. And I really enjoyed it, but I didn't really give it much thought. And then I, when I graduated, I went to college. I was going to go into mechanical engineering. Mm -hmm. I started my first year. Starting my second year, I started thinking, you know, all of the things that I'm learning right here is what I was doing in the field mm -hmm. when I was doing testing and balancing. Mm -hmm. And uh, I really started appreciating just how much went into just doing that work in the field. Um, my wife, high school sweetheart, we decided to get married and uh, of course when that happens, you know, you start looking at life a little bit differently. It's serious now and I mm -hmm. wanted to try to find a, a way that I could support our family well and still finish school. Mm -hmm. And while I was doing that, I kept in the back of my mind remembering the, the work that I had done doing testing and balancing. Mm -hmm. And I finally one day I was listening to a guy on the, on the radio and he was talking about how most businesses fail. Most businesses fail not because of the knowledge that they know about what they're doing, but they fail because of other things like business. Mm -hmm. And I thought, you know, I would really like to be in the test and balancing field. Mm -hmm. I love it. I, I love just putting together things and taking them apart and watching things work. Mm -hmm. But I also thought, you know, if I'm going to do this for a career, one day I might be in business. And so I changed my degree to business mm -hmm. and um, finished my degree then. My, uh, my wife and I thought we had a career and work kind of got real slow for a while, so I went to work in the oil fields. Uh, there's nothing like wanting to be a sheet metal worker when you're doing oil field work, I can tell you that right now. I was uh, finishing a, my second shift of working 64 hours straight uh, doing oil field casing, and I got a phone call from Alan saying, Tony, we've got work. Do you want to come back? I was in Oklahoma in the middle of an ice storm. I had just got home from one of those 64-hour straight jobs. And uh, and literally, I mean, 64 hours straight. When you're putting casing down, you can't stop. I went out, rented a U-Haul. I had a Pinto. The U-Haul was bigger than the Pinto. <laughs> but <laughs> trailer, I hooked it up, and off we came. And uh, went to work uh, for Allen in 1982. Started my apprenticeship program at Local 49. I had an, uh, an amazing instructor, Bob Ryan. Uh, he instilled in me a work ethic that I already had. I didn't know I had, but he made he made it really clear for me. Um, and a couple of things that he said to me along the way, because he knew my stepfather was in the business. Um, the business agent at the time, Gary Briggs, when I was doing the work in high school, sat me down in his office and he said, Tony, I said, I'm doing your father a favor. And don't mess up. He says, you'll have me to tend to, and I'm sure you'll have him when you get home. Hmm. And he wasn't kidding. But I, I tried as hard as I could then to try to learn it. 
but it really came just naturally to me. I just loved it. I just loved the work. And uh, Bob Ryan, through my apprenticeship program, helped me to understand uh, a lot of things about the sheet metal industry. There's so many facets. Mm -hmm. I was doing testing and balancing, but there's so many other different things. And he introduced me to all of those. But ultimately, I, I stayed with testing and balancing, and the rest is kind of history. Yeah, so thank you both for those stories. And, and again, I'm, I'm a big fan of lifting up the names of people who uh, were influential on our journeys. And so we, uh, we have Bob Haynes, we have uh, Bob Ryan, uh, we have Alan, uh, Tony, you, you mentioned uh, your stepfather and um, your high school sweetheart who later became your wife. Uh, what are their names, just so we can lift them up? My stepfather is Curtis Broughton. Mm. Um, some people might know him also from the, uh, the inventor of QuickPen, mm. uh, the estimating program that so many companies use now in the sheet metal and mechanical industry. And then my, uh, my wife is Cindy. Awesome, man. Yeah, so, no, so thank you both for those stories. Sure. Tradeswomen Build Nations is the largest gathering of tradeswomen in the world, bringing union sisters and allies together to grow our movement. Start preparing now for Tradeswomen Build Nations 2023, which will take place December 1st through the 3rd in Washington, D.C. So one of the things we, we wanted to talk about during today's uh, episode is our Belonging in Excellence for All initiative, Be For All. Uh, we launched Be For All in 2021. The, the vision is to create workspaces that are welcoming and that foster belonging for all workers and contractors, and also to, to help workers and contractors to achieve their, their highest standards of excellence in terms of their technical skills and crafts. And so we've been at this two years now, we have menstrual product dispensers and all of our JTC bathrooms. We're doing learning journey sessions. Uh, we have our first ever Be For All calendar. And uh, we know that a lot of our, our members, smart members and SmackDown members, they've been hearing about Be For All for the past two years. But but sometimes I, I think the the essence of what this work is about, it, it gets lost in all the, all the, 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 the technical language. And so, Wanna wanna invite both of you to just if you could sort of say in your own words, what is B for all to you? Um, and and why is the work of B for All important? Sure. B for all for me is one of the most important initiatives that we have in our industry. And and for me, I think back when I was younger and the people that mentored me, the people that had my back. The people that made me feel like I belong somewhere, which was not always the case when I was younger, how important that was. It's really been something that I have focused on my entire career, which is being somebody that can mentor and be there for people when they need it. I often say that life will knock you down. Mm -hmm. And it's knocked me down a couple of times. And I've had people in my life that have picked me up, dusted me off, and pointed me in the right direction, and even took the first couple steps with me to make sure I was on my journey back. And that's what I want to be for everybody. It's so important to our industry that everybody feels like they're part of the family. And I think that's why it really, it is so important to me. General President Sellers really did great things in regards to this, to the B for all. 
I embrace what he's done and I want to continue it and I want to take it to another level. It's that important. It's embedded in every fiber of my being. And I just, I really want to be there for people. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I, I like that. So it's about, it's about mentoring. It's about having each other's back. It's about having people that, that when you, when you fall down, as you said, that, that person who lifts you up and dusts you off. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Tony, what, what about you? I guess maybe I'm a little naive, but I think of the world as the way it should be. Mm-hmm. And be for all is, to me, is the way it should be. Mm-hmm. Um, I would love to be sitting here saying it's the way it is, but it's going to take a little bit of work to get there. But mm-hmm. Mike, you had said one time, and I listened to you say a word to describe what I feel more than anything about that is respect. Everybody should be able to come to work and be respected enough to where you can do your work and do a good job at it regardless of anything else around you other than just being a shooter worker, whatever that is. And I look at a day, and I, and I really honestly don't think it's that far away. I think we're doing some great things right now. When we can say that is the way it is in the sheet metal world, we're a unique group of people. We work by merit. And that sheet metal person is a huge face of a lot of things that happen in the, in the sheet metal industry. And it's all based on how well you can do it. And you succeed by that merit. And it's regardless of who you are, what you are, what you believe. Uh, because when you're in our industry, within our family, our sheet metal family, it's your merit. And it's the way it should be. So that's that respect that we should have for each other to let us do it the way it should be. Yeah, so I just want to lift up those points. And so for people who've been hearing all the, the technical terms about be for all welcoming and belonging, if we were to really boil this down to its essence of its essence, it's about mentoring. It's about having each other's backs. It's about having that person who, you know, when you fall down, they pick you up, they dust you off. It's about respect. It's about creating the industry as it should be, as it should be. And just hearing both of you share what you just did, I am imagining that there are members, SmackNA members and SMART members, who are listening to this podcast right now, and they may be feeling some frustration. They may be feeling anxiety. They may be feeling anger just about this topic. You know, I think if we're going to be honest, this can be a polarizing topic in a lot of different spaces. And so I'm curious, both of you being leaders in the industry, what do you say to the smart member or the smack member who's listening to this right now? And maybe they're saying, why are we even talking about this? Why are we investing scarce resources in this? What can we say to that person to help them work through those feelings? Yeah, Tony, why don't you go first? You know, I, I, would, I would take that person and just ask them, why do you work? Why did you come to work today? Is there someone at home that you're working for? Do you have a family? Do you have a reason to be here? Mm-hmm. And, I, and I would tell them to just stop and think about that for a minute because that reason exists for everybody that's coming to work. Mm-hmm. And unfortunately, there are some people that when they come to work, they don't feel like uh, that's a, it's a comforting place to be. It's a good place to be. And that's not right. It's not fair. Mm-hmm. It shouldn't be that way. And, and I think when you turn it around and you put yourself in a position of asking that question, mm-hmm. which is what I would do, I would tell them, put yourself in that situation where you don't feel comfortable 
any kind of situation. And is that fair? Is that right? Is that the way that you would want to go to work every day? And if it's not, that's why we're doing this. Yeah. Because we want this to be good for everyone. Our industry has to be able to take in anybody who's willing to work with us and has those special skills and merits. And they can't feel in any way that they're being put down or uncomfortable. Mm -hmm. We need to make it a comfortable place to be. Yeah, I like that. So put yourself in the other person's shoes. Ask yourself the question, is that fair? Is that right? Is that how you would want to come to work every day? And it sort of reminds me of the, the bias and belonging training that we're doing through the B4All program. One of the evidence-based strategies that we introduce for how to reduce bias is something called perspective taking. And it's about walking in the shoes of another person or someone who you may perceive to be the other. And there's a lot of research that's found that if we make doing that a habit, we can significantly reduce the biases that we all have. And I'm not just talking about biases that certain people have. These are biases that we all have as human beings. Yeah. Mike, what do we say to the smart member who may be feeling fear, anxiety, anger around this topic or the fact that we're investing resources in this? Uh, what I would say is I can tell you I understand I think we all have been in that space where we have walked in somewhere where we've been less than welcome or we're the outsider for whatever reason. And we all know what that's like when you're standing there by yourself and people are huddled in little groups talking and you're just left outside. I've been there. Whatever the situation, I have definitely been there. And I sit there, like Tony was saying, and say to myself, you know, some people out there, some of our members out there, that's their every day. I've been at gatherings that have lasted two hours and they felt like a lifetime because I was the outsider. And this is what they face every single day. And I feel that anxiety and that anger when I talk to the members in almost every one of my speeches or presentations, I talk about B for All and I talk about the importance and I talk about the things that we need to do. But I know there's people out there that don't necessarily feel the same way. And out of frustration, I always say, I can't believe that there are people out there that find it that hard to be a decent human being. It's not that hard to be a decent human being. And I get upset when I start talking about that. And so I would say to all the members, you've been there. I know you've been there at some point in your life. And remember that moment. You know, is that really what you want for the people around you? And truly, is it just that hard to be a decent human being? And if you find it that hard to be a decent human being, well, how hard is it just to mind your own business then? I mean, if you're not going to embrace this, how about you just do us a favor and mind your own business then? Yeah. Mike, I love the way you put it. This idea of being a decent human being. I talk about this work in a lot of different ways. And I'm always trying to get past all the technical jargon. Because I think a lot of our members get lost in the technical jargon. And I remember saying in one of the trainings that we were doing for Smart and Smackna folks, sort of exactly the way you said it, that at the end of the day, this work is about helping all of us to be better human beings to one another. You know, plain and simple, this is about helping all of us to be better human beings to one another. And you saying it that way just, you know, reminded me that we just need to pound away at that simple message because I think it gets lost. I think you've got a great point there because I think a lot of people look at B for All and to them it means something entirely different. It's past programs, it's things that they are associating with in other places. They think it's something that's forcing them to do something. 
Yeah. When really, if you look at it from a simple perspective, just have respect and mm. do your job and let somebody else do their job. Just make it an easy, simple place to be. It's not that hard. Well, so on that point, Tony, that's sort of where I wanted to take the conversation next because you're right. It's not that hard, but we also know that for a lot of our members, this topic can feel big and complicated and overwhelming and people don't know where to start. And Mike, you touched a little bit on, you know, where people can start. So be a better human being, show respect. Uh, if you can't do those things, mind your business. Mm -hmm. But for members who, who are looking for specific concrete things that they can do every single day in the workplace to make this topic real and to make it come alive, if, if the two of you could tick off, you know, some of those concrete things that members can do in the workplace, what, what would those things be for you? Quite honestly, it starts with a simple good morning. Mm -hmm. Quite honestly, it starts with a how was your weekend or how was your evening? Is there anything I can do for you? It just starts with getting to know the people. And we talk about it all the time. You know, there are things that go on in people's lives that the outside world doesn't see. You know, I'm a perfect example of that. And I remember exactly who took the time to say hello to me, to ask me how I was feeling. To say, hey, you're a little bit off or something. So really, we can get started by just understanding that, look, we're in this industry together. We're brothers and sisters, you know, and that means we need to support each other. That's where it could easily start, just with a simple hello. Yeah, and you're right. And we don't we don't do that enough. No. You know, we'll, we'll we'll walk into a room, we'll sit next to somebody, we'll we'll give them a glance, but we won't say anything. And it, it it makes me think back to my early days doing community building work. I used to say to people that my job as a community builder was to make the question, how are you doing, actually mean something again. Because there was a time that it did. And so yeah, that really resonates, Mike. How are you doing? Good evening, good morning. And then, you know, actually taking the time to hear a person say back to us, how are they doing? Yeah. Tony, what's bubbling up for you? You know, I, Mike and I were on the same exact page just now because, I, you know, to me, we have this, I'm from a little small village outside of Albuquerque, actually, right? And it's still pretty country even to this day. But you're driving, you can always tell the people that are from Corrales because when you're driving down the road in the morning, there's a wave. You may not know who they are, but it's a wave. Somebody from Corrales is going to wave back. They don't know who you are, but they know because you waved that, that you're open, you're inviting, you're probably from Corrales. Mm -hmm. um, and then and then there's those that, you know, look at you like, what do you want? And then you mod automatically put that person into a, another category mm -hmm. because now you, you don't know who they are. You're a little bit uh, weary of them. Uh, they're, they're an outsider. They're a little mm -hmm. different. Same thing happens on the work and the workplace. Mm -hmm. You show up at work and and uh, you say hi to everybody on the work crew, and you've opened it up now to everybody saying hi to you. And we're, we're here to work together. Mm -hmm. How many times do you go to a work site? And there might be hundreds of guys passing through that gate to come in in the morning to go to that work site, and nobody even looks at each other. Mm -hmm. you know? And and you know some of that's technology today. I mean mm -hmm. people are. I mean, I sit and watch kids at dances now. Mm -hmm. <laughs> They're texting the person next to them, do you want to dance? You know, <laughs> just ask them, right? And I think a lot of that's happening in our workforce, too. And that's generations coming up. But we, we need to do something to try to stop that and, and make people feel more welcomed. And the best way to do that is exactly like what you said, Mike. Mm -hmm. Say good morning. Yeah. Open that up. It means a lot. 
both of you are reminding me that we need to do these small things, these little things, because there are big opportunities on the horizon. The B4R committee continues to release learning journeys on topics including mental health, Martin Luther King Jr., LGBTQ plus pride, and more. Find recordings of learning journeys on the Smart Resources page and look out for information on September's Hispanic Heritage Month learning journey coming soon. Before we wrap this conversation, I cannot let two of you leave without talking about mega projects. It's the thing that everybody's been talking about for the past year, two years. Mike, I was looking at one of the uh, the, the interviews that you did uh, a few weeks ago, uh, and you said mega projects is one of your top priorities. You know, it's an interesting moment that we're in. Um, I've been saying to people that that this is probably one of the most significant technological and industrial shifts that we're seeing, you know, in the past few decades. I think it's $600 billion of work opportunity coming down the pipeline, the shift from the combustible engine to the electric vehicle. And so again, in, in the spirit of demystifying language, I want to invite uh, both of you to just say a little bit about what is a mega project? And how does B for All and the work that we're doing fit into the mega project equation? Mike, you want to lead off? Sure. Um, so the true definition of a mega project has kind of changed over uh, the last little bit. You know, it started with a dollar value and dollar values that we had not heard before. But then the next project was even bigger. And then the next project announced was even bigger. So we don't have a true definition of a mega project, but I would say right now it's starting to take shape where it's a project where we don't have the available workforce to put on that project for our employers. And we're looking for other ways to bring workforce into that area. That's kind of where the definition of mega projects is at this time. And I don't know if it'll be defined as we work our way through this, but we have moved from a dollar value to a place where, look, we have some projects that the workforce for that project alone exceeds the amount of members we have in an entire local. Mm -hmm. That's what we're calling mega projects now. And the B for all component is, is such a big part of how we're going to tackle the issues with mega projects. Mm -hmm. We have to find a workforce that we can put on those job sites. We cannot put people on those jobs through our traditional ways and think that we're going to answer the call. The previous general president, General President Sellers, always said, look, we cannot apprentice our way out of this problem. The numbers don't line up. So we have to get outside our comfort zone and we have to look at all kinds of different ways to bring in a workforce that's not the traditional way we did that. And we need to be welcoming when we do this because they're going to look different. They're going to talk different. You know, their history is going to be different. So this piece here is not only important for recruiting new members and filling these workforce needs, but this work is going to be extremely important in retaining those members. Mm -hmm. Because if they don't feel like they belong, if they don't feel like they're part of our industry, they won't be around. I wouldn't be around if I were them. So this is a very important piece to the things that we're doing as we move forward. Yeah. 
Yeah. I love that. We have to get out of our comfort zones. We're, we're not going to apprentice our way out of this problem. Tony, last but never ever least, what, what are you thinking? Well, I, I echo all the sentiments that General President Coleman has said. And I, I would like to give you an example maybe of how this has happened personally in, in my company right mm -hmm. now. Uh, we have a project that I don't know whether you would call it a mega project, but it's certainly in the position of saying we need more manpower than we have. So it goes that direction. I had a guy working for me, and, and years ago, he called me up and told me in, in this same situation, I need this guy, his, his name at the time was, was Tom Dodd, because I needed Tom Dodd. And I said, well, who's Tom Dodd? And he says, Tom's five foot six, 135 pounds. I need him on the job because where we're having to get into in this area, it's a clean room interstitial. He says, I need somebody that can crawl and get through this. Mm -hmm. And so here we are now, uh, 15 years later, and he calls me up and he says, Tony, I, I need a Tom Dodd, but I need a smart Tom Dodd. And I said, okay, Tom Dodd's real smart, but he, would, but he was being very clear about who he wanted. And so I put the call in to Local 49 saying, okay, guys, I need somebody that's 5'6", 135 pounds because of weight restrictions getting above a ceiling and because of access issues, they need to be small. And about two hours later, I get this phone call from our JTC coordinator, and she says, uh, I've got the perfect person for you. She'll be there in the morning. <laughs> okay. So she showed up. Uh, Soph Thompson is Sophia Thompson. And uh, she showed up. Now, years ago, she would have not even thought about being in this industry. But she's been listening to the news, and she's been listening to things. She was going to school for electrical engineering. And that wasn't for her. She just didn't want to do it. And the trades, her and her mom were actually watching TV, watching this show, thinking, you know, that the trades might be kind of a neat place to get into. And so they went down and put their name on the list, and I called. Mm -hmm. Right when she was signing it up, two hours later, Sophia came to work for us. I just had a meeting with her last Friday. She came on as a first-year apprentice. I'm bumping her up to a second-year apprentice. Mm -hmm. Right now, she's only been with us a couple of months, but she's obviously that person that I want to retain. Mm -hmm. And because she's doing such a great job, I want to keep her. But B4All is, is the reason why mm -hmm. she is employed by us right now, because mm -hmm. she feels comfortable. We have that atmosphere and that environment where she could act on what she wanted to do. Mm -hmm. And when she got there, she feels comfortable doing it. Mm -hmm. And uh, Mike said something just now that is extremely important. We have two things with mega projects that are just critical that we that we address. One is the manpower, and two is the market sector not including that mega project. We have to be able to maintain the clients that we already have. As a contractor, I'm looking at people that I've given my word to that I can do work for them, but at the same time, I'm trying to work these mega projects. The only way that's going to happen is if we open that workforce up. We get people into that workforce that may not have even given it a second thought even just a few years ago. And more than that, keep them right now in our industry. Yeah, it's so important. And I think what we're doing right now, the whole B4All concept, General President Coleman, I want to commend you on the fact that I have not heard you once talk that you haven't said something about B4All. Mm -hmm. And so that, for me, on the SMACNA side, says I need to match that because we are a partner in all yeah. this. And uh, in order to solve this issue, there's a lot of things that we've got to do, but this is certainly one thing to help solve. Yeah, yeah. That, that story really resonated. So B for all is the thing that allows the, the Sophias of the world 
to act on the things that they want to do in their life and also in the workplace. Uh, we have to step out of our comfort zone. We're not going to apprentice our way out of the problem. So uh, General President Mike Coleman, uh, SmackDown President Tony Kosarek, thank you for who you are. Thank you for what you do. Our industry is better because you are where you are right now. So thank you. You're welcome. Thank you for having me. Yeah, thank you. Thank you.